welcome to the Boutique Hotel News podcast, where we share the latest news, comment and opinion from across the sector, along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. My name's Eloise Hansen, news reporter at BHN and host of this week's episode. Here, I am joined with Amanda Frazier, Executive Vice President of Standards and Ratings at Forbes Travel Guide, where we talk about the evolution of service standards post-coronavirus, the future of hotel brands, and how Forbes is adjusting its own standards. Hotels are now gearing up to reopen and are having to make significant changes to day-to-day operations. From the conversations that you've been having with star-rated properties, what are hoteliers' main concerns? Thank you for that question. You know, actually, um, in our role, we speak to hotels and, and restaurants and spas day in, day out. And, you know, I think once the initial um, approach of what is, how are we going to reopen? What, what is our strategy? Um, what health and safety measures do we need to take? The questions that started to come our way, because, of course, those initial steps are extremely important. Um, and, and that's not kind of our expertise, but where we came in is when their minds turned to, well, how do we still deliver great service with all of these procedural changes in place? And they started to come in quite thick and fast. And it was everything, you know, from um, how do I still smile while wearing a mask to how do I make this check-in procedure with all these extra steps still efficient or how do I make sure that I'm still thoughtful through this process? Um, you know, and some of the properties that know our standards even more intricately would send a list of questions to us. How will this standard be evaluated and how will that standard now be evaluated? So, you know, from that stemmed the real need for us to provide a broader and, and, and more specific set of guidance to the hotels because I think it was becoming somewhat overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And what advice are you giving? You know, I think where we drive our best practices document is really to say not to overthink and worry too much about the procedural changes that you're making when it comes to health and safety, um, because those are all very important SOPs that you will be you're certainly well trained upon as you return to work. But let that happen and then just think about how the guest feels and how you can continue to enhance their stay. So maybe some of the things you did before that were considered thoughtful might look a little different now, but you can still be thoughtful. And I think the, the interesting thing about the pandemic and, and the, the virus is that everybody's been through it. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a staff member or a guest, we've all been through the same thing. So, you know, pre-virus, I think when we would speak with hotels and talk to them about be thoughtful for your guest and think ahead and put yourself in the guest's shoes, mm-hmm. it's a little more difficult, a little more challenging. Um, but now, you know, you can say to staff and we can speak with them openly, well, what do you think you would need to know about if you were going somewhere for the first time? And it might not be that you're traveling to a hotel, but just simply going to the supermarket or a bank. Um, service is service at the end of the day, and it's about thinking how to make others comfortable. So that was the focus of our document. Mm-hmm. And some would argue that luxury service is being compromised by these health and safety protocols. How might traditional notions of luxury evolve to accommodate these new ways of thinking and being? 
You know, I think that word evolve is, is the most important word in that question. It is still evolving um, and something that we're still watching as closely as, as the hotels continue to watch. So I don't think anyone quite knows where it's going to end up when we, when we speak to luxury. I think right now where we are and what we're seeing is, um, especially as we start to get back on the road to destinations that are opening up, especially here in the, in the USA, um, is that there are definitely traditional elements of what we always said made up a luxury experience um, that are still very much present. Um, so, you know, when a guest is traveling, they still want a comfortable bed to sleep in. They still want great food and, um, you know, high quality amenities when you're talking about the luxury space. But also luxury now is cleanliness and not just everything being, you know, really clean, but exceptionally clean. There's really no room for error when it comes to how you're taking care of your guest's health and safety. So I think with a bigger focus on that, even though it might not seem that a bottle of hand sanitizer is luxurious, um, the fact that you're providing it is a luxury um, mm -hmm. and something that people look at differently now. Mm -hmm. I mean, nowadays it's, it's gold dust if you come across a bottle of hand sanitizer. <laughs> yes, right. You can wait weeks for that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and, and physical distancing measures are prompting some hotels to adopt contactless technology, which seems antithetical to the delivery of five-star service. How can staff strike the balance between high-tech and high-touch? You know, I think there's always been a place for technology um, in our industry, and we saw an evolution of it and a stronger dependency of it, even pre-virus. Um, you know, we introduced um, a, a, a digital communications section into our official standards after watching how technology and how hotels used it evolved over the recent years. Um, so I think really it depends on the guest, and we always talk about luxury as having a choice. And I still think we're at the point with guests where there are some that will want completely touchless service, including how they receive their in-room dining order, how they order it, how they check in. There will definitely be guests more open and more uh, you know, willing to use technology to check into a hotel and not have to see a, a single staff member. Um, but also, I think there's still a good amount of travelers that also want that human connection uh, because that's you know, predominantly the reason we travel um, for the most part. And um, I think to strike that balance and for properties to continue to be thoughtful about offering those choices so they meet a variety of needs is, is going to be quite key moving forward. Mm -hmm. And to comply with guidelines set out by local governments, it's likely that in some cases brand standards have been dropped, which could be a determining factor in that brand's longevity. Do you think the number of hotel brands will shrink or swell? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. I, I wish I had a crystal ball. I think in these, because we're only just seeing hotels starting to reopen, it's a little early to predict where things might end up. Um, if I was to have kind of my own professional educational guess, I would say that we would see them shrink just because I think people will want to have less choice in terms of they just want to have that confidence that what a property is promising it delivers on um, and sometimes it can be very confusing about all the choices that are out there and you know as wonderful as they can all be I think at the end of the day the consumer is going to drive it down to a much simpler qualifying reason as to why they will choose a particular brand 
Um, but that said, again, we have to watch and see how well executed everything is globally as properties and brands um, actually execute their reopening plans. We've seen a lot of things on paper, um, but once I think we all know once you actually get to practice it out live, um, it always sometimes looks and feels a little different and, and quite rightly so, because then we're actually mirroring what the guest is looking for. Mm -hmm. and, and what values and pillars will uphold the hotel brand of the future? You know, I think just to stay true to who you are as a brand um, and, you know, if, if you had certain commitments and promises pre-virus, to stay true to those, even if um, the way you deliver them is slightly different now in, in this kind of post-virus, I wouldn't even call it post-virus, but now that we're coming out the other side with all this knowledge uh, about, you know, travel and how to be safe when we are traveling. Um, so, you know, I think at the end of the day, stay true to who you are as a brand. If you are a brand that has fun and, you know, has a more casual approach to luxury service, because luxury is, is not about being stuffy and aloof and our, our standards allow for that, um, mm -hmm. stay true to that and have fun, you know, maybe with your messaging about how to prepare for your trip and what you might experience when you get to the hotel, that can be done in a fun way. It doesn't have to be a traditional piece of you know, reading material or collateral. And, you know, there's, there's different ways you can push your brand forward um, throughout this process. Mm -hmm. I have one final question for you, Amanda. At the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned that some hoteliers were asking specific questions around changes to Forbes' own grading system. How are you responding to this? Right now, today, we're approaching this in a bit of a phased approach because obviously, as I mentioned, we can't kind of see too far into the future. Um, so we've put out a couple of things uh, recently. So the best practices document um, is really in response to the questions that we're getting immediately about, you know, reopening and how do I continue to deliver great service and what might that look like? Mm -hmm. So that document is really high level. Um, and then separately to that, we provided a set of updates to our official hotel, restaurant and spa standards. So obviously we started the year as a normal year uh, and we started evaluating uh, with our 2020 uh, standards. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we had to pause. And upon reflection, we can see that with the various different things hotels now have to consider as they uh, work to the, towards their reopening, is that there are sometimes things that maybe they either can't afford to do now mm -hmm. or things that they have to procedurally change. So we've gone through every single standard that we have and we've composed a document that really says, you know what, if you are not at this point in your reopening weeks able to offer evening service, then we're going to temporarily make that a, um, a not applicable in our system, meaning if you're not in a position to offer it, either because of reduced staffing, reduced occupancy, uh, you know, um, expense, uh, which everybody is obviously affected by, then we're making concessions like that, um, mm -hmm. not only to sections, but also to standards um, so that there is more flexibility for hotels to continue to focus on, you know, everything else <laughs> they have to focus on right now. Whether those concessions become more permanent into 2021 is something that we'll be watching as we begin to evaluate again in the back half of this year. Thanks for listening to the Boutique Hotel News podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with industry news, head on over to boutiquehotelnews.com and sign up to our twice weekly newsletter.
Boutique Hotel News is part of the international hospitality media portfolio. This November, we launched the Urban Living Festival 2020 in London. We're inviting urban innovators and investors at the cutting edge of contemporary hospitality and real estate to look to the future and collectively define where we stay, live and work. Visit urbanlivingfestival.com for more details.